This is John Henry Weston for LifeSite News. We are here in Quebec City with my cameraman, Miles Vassilius. We've hooked up with Campagne Quebec V, uh, Georges Buscemi, the leader there, doing some amazing things. We were outside of Notre Dame Basilica here in Quebec City last night where Pope Francis was doing Vespers. We prayed with a very holy priest, the rosary, all 15 decades of the full rosary, mostly in Latin, for the conversion of Pope Francis while Pope Francis was right there. It was, uh, you know, a very beautiful gathering of very faithful Catholics praying for the conversion of Pope Francis in reparation for what, uh, you know, Catholic prelates who have really abandoned the faith have done to the faith, to our children. Right after the rosary and remarks that we did there after the Vespers, we went over and I gave a talk, a talk actually in French, uh, to those in Quebec City. I wanted to share those remarks with you. They're about Pope Francis, and particularly his agenda when it comes to life. This is the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. The biggest victory for the pro-life movement in the past 50 years was the overturning of Roe v. Wade last month. You know, imagine with me for a moment the reaction of Pope St. John Paul II. Had he still been with us, he would have rejoiced with tears, embracing, even from faraway Rome, all the pro-life warriors in America. His joy would have been exuberant. He would call on all the church to offer thanksgiving and to redouble their efforts to fight for the protection of those lives of the weakest and most helpless brothers and sisters in their mother's wombs. Now, what did take place only last month was a stony silence from Pope Francis. But days later, we actually got our answer, our response from the Pope, when U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, one of the world's leading proponents of abortion, of the killing of innocent children in the womb, arrived in the Vatican. She was greeted by Pope Francis at a mass in the Pope's presence. She was actually sacrilegiously given Holy Communion. The blow to the church and the pro-life movement was particularly egregious because after a decade of trying to convince Nancy Pelosi of the error of her ways, Nancy Pelosi's bishop, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordrione, finally announced that she was to be denied Holy Communion. Not only did Pope Francis, by his welcome of Nancy Pelosi and permission for her to receive Holy Communion, symbolically slap down Archbishop Cordrione, but the Pope actually made sure his message was received with a public rebuke of the San Francisco bishop as well. In a Reuters interview just after Pelosi's visit, Pope Francis was asked about communion for Catholic politicians who support the right to choose, of course, the right to choose abortion, and Pope Francis attacked Archbishop Corleone, but of course, without using his name. The Pope said, and I quote, when a bishop loses his pastoral nature, it causes a political problem, end quote. And you know, only a week later, the Pope was asked by a Spanish-language TV station about communion for U.S. President Joe Biden, the most pro-abortion U.S. president in history, 
who along with other pro-abortion politicians over the decades, is responsible for more innocent deaths than Hitler and Stalin combined. Pope Francis said he would leave such a decision, the decision about Holy Communion reception for pro-abortion politicians, uh, for Joe Biden, to Biden's conscience. And then he repeated again the castigation of holy priests and bishops who, for the good of the pro-abortion Catholic politician himself, would follow the direction of Pope John Paul II and Benedict XVI and forbid such Catholic politicians from Holy Communion. Remember, it was under John Paul II in 2004 that the bishops of the United States discussed the matter of communion for pro-abortion politicians, and at the direction of Pope John Paul, Cardinal Ratzinger, then head of the Congregation for Doctrine of Faith, who was obviously to become later Pope Benedict XVI, he wrote to the bishops of the United States telling them Holy Communion must be denied to pro-abortion politicians after they've been warned of their wrongdoing. Pope Francis is directly opposed to his predecessors is now really answered. Because this is not only the first time Pope Francis has gone counter to the church's teaching on life. You actually may have heard recently of rumors that Pope Francis may be releasing an encyclical countering Humanae Vitae, the great encyclical on life which defended the church's teaching on contraception. But that shouldn't come as a surprise. Pope Francis himself indicated already in 2014 that he intended a reinterpretation of Humanae Vitae. It was in an interview with the Italian newspaper Corriere della Sera. Pope Francis was specifically asked about taking up again the topic of birth control half a century after the publication of Humanae Vitae. The reporter actually said, your confrere, Cardinal Martini, that was Carlo Maria Martini, the late Archbishop of Milan, he said, Pope Francis responded, it all depends on how the text of Humanae Vitae is interpreted. It's very typical for Pope Francis to respond with ambiguity. However, his unrehearsed statements, specifically on papal flights, are much more candid. In February of 2016, while on the papal plane, the Pope was asked about the dangers of the Zika virus, which had been blamed for a rash of fetal deformity cases in Latin America. Here's what the Pope was asked. As regards avoiding pregnancy on this issue, can the church take into consideration the concept of the lesser of two evils? So Pope Francis responded by insisting that abortion can never be justified, but he added these words, and I quote, On the lesser evil of avoiding pregnancy, we are speaking in terms of the conflict between the fifth and the sixth commandments. Avoiding pregnancy, he said, is not an absolute evil. In certain cases... As in this one, it was clear. Now, of course, the statements from Pope Francis were of great interest to journalists since they seemed to contradict former church teaching, which of course they did. Journalists, including LifeSite News, sought clarification from the Vatican press office, which actually confirmed the statement. And this was the response to reporters from Father Lombardi, who then was the head of the Vatican press office. He said, the contraceptive or condom, in particular cases of emergency or gravity, could be the object of discernment in a serious case of conscience. He told that to Vatican Radio. He continued, he said, this is what the Pope said. So Father Lombardi added that the Pope was speaking of, and I quote, the possibility of taking recourse to contraception or condoms in cases of emergency or special situations. 
He is not saying that the possibility is accepted without discernment. Indeed, he said clearly that it can be considered in cases of special urgency, end quote. You recall paragraph 14 of Humanae Vitae, where Pope Paul VI condemns contraception. He wrote, and I quote, excluded is any action which either before at the moment of or after sexual intercourse is specifically intended to prevent procreation, whether as an end or as a means, end quote. That's Humanae Vitae, number 14. So some may argue that the encyclical undermining the teaching of the Church on life could never come from Pope Francis. However, you know, Pope Francis has already undermined Church teaching on abortion in an official document. In Pope Francis's 2018 exhortation, Gaudete et Exultate, he teaches the opposite of what Popes John Paul II and Benedict XVI taught regarding the preeminence of abortion as an issue of moral concern. Pope Francis wrote, speaking of immigration and abortion, and I quote from the exhortation, 2018 exhortation, Gaudete et Exultate, and I quote, some Catholics consider it a secondary issue compared to the grave, in scare quotes, in the document, grave bioethical questions. The Pope added, quote, that a politician looking for votes may say such a thing is understandable, but not a Christian, end quote. He criticized those who relativize these issues as if there are other more important matters or the only thing that counts is one particular ethical issue or cause that they themselves defend, end quote. So we, as pro-lifers, are here in Quebec to pray for the conversion of Pope Francis, to pray in reparation for the pastors of the church who are misguiding the flock of Christ on the most fundamental issue of life, the defense of the weakest among us. We pray, we prayed yesterday, and we have to continue praying that the great Canadian martyrs, Jean de Brebeuf, Isaac Jogues, Gabriel Lallemand, René Goupil, Jean de Lalande, Noël Chabanel, Charles Gagnier, and Antoine Daniel intercede for us. We pray that as they sacrificed their comfort and even their lives to minister to the indigenous peoples of Canada and America, they would assist us in our reparation and prayer for the conversion of Pope Francis and the countless souls that are being misguided by his false teachings. And just as the blood of the martyrs were the seed of faith in our land centuries ago, we pray that our small sacrifices and sufferings in union with the holy sacrifice of Calvary may bring Christ's truth to our homeland, making it once again strong and free. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you.